0: Well, thank you all so much for coming. Uh, We're a pastor in Granbury, Texas, which is about 30 miles from Fort Worth. It's a community on a lake, uh, about 300 subdivisions around the lake. So the community is about 60,000 now. And we got involved. they helping them get started. We're still helping. In 1976, my two brothers and I and my parents moved to Salisbury to plant a church. In 1977, I met my wife. In 78, we were married and we moved to Texas a couple months later. And so we've lived in Texas ever since. Houston's where we started. We wound up in the Dallas area and then the Granbury area. But Zimbabwe's in our hearts. We got to go back in 2018 and retrace our steps in our relationship. And uh, the church we started is still going. That's a whole other story. Tudor Bismarck is the pastor. And, uh, so it was a blessed reunion as well while we were there with friends and stuff. And so it's an honor to meet you, honor to be with you, and an honor to do this. Uh, we're doing a series this year called Honor, Honoring God and More. So we're honoring different aspects of God, His strengths, His traits, as well as His institutions. So one Sunday we'll speak on honoring the family, another one honoring marriage, Manhood, we've spoken on honoring womanhood. These are things that God created, and so we're honoring them this year. Rather than ranting and raving about how the culture is going south with some of these things, we uh, teach the truth, what it is, and it's wonderful. It's my understanding that people who are trained to deal with counterfeit money don't study counterfeit money. They study the real money. So that's our effort, and so... Uh, if I were to speak at our church today, I would probably speak on honoring the love of God. And so I'd like to talk to you today for a few minutes on the love of God. But let's open with a song and a prayer. How about it? Can we stand? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. we do that? Yeah, sure. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. We thank you for this opportunity to meet together in your name. We ask you, Lord, to speak to our hearts and use us for your glory today. And, Lord, we thank you in advance for safe journeys home for everyone. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So, our text for today comes from Ephesians 3. Paul is writing this amazing church that he helped start in Ephesus, which is a whole other story in Acts 18 and Acts 19. Another amazing encounter with him on the subject of leadership is when he met with their elders in a neighboring city on his way back through his last time to see them. So he writes a letter to them with a lot of love in his heart. And the first half of his letter is prayers. It's it's theology. And then the last half of the letter is, is application, practicalities. And so here at the end of chapter 3, verse 14, is this prayer. He said, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And here's what he prays. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Can we say dwell? Dwell. But Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And then from there, he launches into what we call chapter 4 on how to live this Christian life, how to express this love we have. But it's important to understand we start with the love of God. That's the foundation to everything. Jesus dictated a letter to John to this church in Revelation 2, where he rebukes him for getting away from love. He said, you have, have all these things going on. You're doing all these things right, but I have one thing against you. You have left your first love. And so the first love actually starts with God himself and our comprehending it. So for the next few minutes, I'd like to talk about the dimensions of God's love. We live in a three-dimensional world, right? But if we understand time as another dimension, we could say we live in a four-dimensional world. If we understand the, the spiritual dimension, we could say uh, God's the fifth dimension, you know, the spiritual side of things. So what is the width and length and depth and height of the love of God? God's love is expressed through forgiveness. While we were yet sinners, God demonstrates his love by sending his son to die for us. Uh, Some may die for a worthy cause, give their life to something worthy. But to give one's life for something just out of love, not based on worthiness, is amazing. This is God's love. How wide is that love? Well, he promises to remove our iniquities, our transgressions from us as far as the east is from the west. He didn't say as far as the north is from the south. You could measure that. What is that, around 12,500 miles as far as the east is from the west, is immeasurable. You just keep going east and you never stop, right? East never stops or west never stops. That's the width of God's love. How long is God's love? Well, here's where the time dimension kind of comes into it. To measure God's love in terms of its length, you start with the foundation of the world. I'm demonstrating love right now. <laughs> Welcome, my darling. Uh, As we understand God's love, we have to start with the foundation of the world. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. We understand Christ is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So from the beginning of the world was this plan to express his love that while we were yet sinners, Christ would die for us. So this plan begins at the foundation of the world and continues through the flood through Abraham, through Moses, through the promised land, through the cross, through the empty tomb, and through even through us and into the ages to come. You can't measure that. From the foundation of the world all the way to the ages to come. That's pretty long. Can you say long? How deep is God's love? Well, we know that God is eternally Father, Word, and Spirit. And these three dwell in heaven, and these three are one. And so that word was made flesh, this is the gospel, and came and dwelt among us. So the word being with God from the very beginning, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said. So there's spirit, word, and God himself, the great Elohim. <clears throat> and so that word that brings light was made flesh. When the angel visited Mary, she said, be it unto me according to to your word. She received the word in her heart, believed it, and God brought his promise to pass in her life, and we are blessed because of that. And so the word left the highest place to come down to the lowest place to a woman who lived in Nazareth. I've had the privilege of visiting Israel. I was the most I was mostly impacted by the dusty village called Nazareth. And the humility of God just convicted me of my pride. So God came from the highest of places, wrapped in flesh, came to the lowest of places. And in terms of the earth's elevation, Galilee is the lowest freshwater lake in the world in terms of elevation. So he came down. That's pretty deep, isn't it? You measure depth from the starting point down to its bottom point. But he didn't stop there. He lived the life of a servant. He took the place of a criminal. He was slandered, abused, robbed, misrepresented, misunderstood, tortured, and put to death, and put in the earth. And it didn't stop there, and I don't quite understand it, but the scriptures say he went to Hades. So he went to the abode of the dead. That's deep. From the throne to the groan. That is the depth of God's love. How high is God's love? Well, God's love is measured from its starting point to its highest point, right? So he starts from that lowest of points and goes back up, proves himself alive for 40 days, then ascends, expressing his love. His hands were raised, according to Luke 24, speaking blessing on them as he disappeared out of sight. No doubt it was... You know, the Lord bless you, keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his shalom peace. Shalom, y'all. As he disappeared, he's expressing his love to them. And it goes back to where he started, right? But back to a higher position because now he's been given a name above every name. So you could say God's love is higher than it is deep, because he conquered death for you and I. All the other resurrections before him were temporary. Lazarus had to die again, but he resurrected permanently, and he's the first fruit of the resurrection, and we have hope in his resurrection becoming our own. So we have that to look forward to. In the meantime, Paul's prayer was that the believers in Ephesus would grow to know how much they were loved by God and would comprehend this incredible love. There's a man named Frederick Lehman, who in the 19th century, as a four-year-old boy, immigrated from Germany to the States, and they settled in Iowa and lived an agricultural life, and they wound up in California. And he, as a young man, had a business failure and found himself packing lemons and oranges in boxes and crates for a career, so he was kind of down a rough life uh, had to start over being Rhodesians, you understand that starting over and He went to church one morning and heard a sermon on the love of God, and was so moved by it he stayed up late, just thinking about the subject of the love of God. The next day at work, lyrics began to come to him, and he began to write them down on scraps of paper and on Crates and pieces of cardboard, and he came together, the song that we often enjoy. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forevermore endure, the saints' and angels' song. And here's the verses that he wrote. Verse one is the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win his erring child. He reconciled and pardoned from his sin. The guilty pair obviously is speaking to Adam and his wife. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saint and angels' song. The second verse, when hoary times shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who hear refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountains call, God's love so sure shall still endure all measureless and strong. Redeeming grace to Adam's race, the saints and angels' song. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forevermore endure, the saints and angels' song. So he was a pianist, and he began to work on the melody, and he also wrote this melody. Frederick Lehman did. But in that day and time, a song wasn't considered complete unless you had a third verse. In this day, uh, People often don't sing the whole hymn anyway. They'll sing verse 1 and verse 3, you know, I'm holding out for you know, to be a whole hymn person. But um, in our day today, you know, writing a song with one verse would be sufficient, I think, for our liking. But he needed this third verse, and he remembered a poem that may have originated as a Jewish poem, but the English translation of it was found on the walls of an insane asylum where a patient in that room had written these words. We don't know if he originally wrote the words, if he wrote them from memory, or if he translated the Jewish poem. We're not sure about that. But the words were amazing, and he took them, and they worked with his music. So verse 3 was born, and it's an amazing verse. Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill, and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. O love of God, how rich and pure, How measureless and strong It shall forevermore endure The saints' and angels' song In conclusion, going back to Paul's prayer, he prayed that God would grant them according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in their inner man. And that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to understand or comprehend the dimensions of God's love. Christ dwelling in our hearts by faith kind of gets a bad rap. There's some evangelists that take people on a fast track of getting people to ask Jesus in their heart and they tell them they're saved and you never see them again in anything that has to do with Jesus. But yet there is a scriptural foundation for asking Jesus in your heart. That's how I got saved myself. I believed He, he came to earth. I believe he died for our sins. I believe he rose from the dead. But the church I was part of didn't even believe this song. They were so into their formulas. But singing this song at the age of five, I had an encounter with the Spirit of God. And I believe that's when I became a believer. And it's a little song like this. It comes from the Billy Sunday Crusades. And I sang this, and I believe it was there that Christ began to dwell in my heart by faith. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today. Come in to stay, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Can we sing that together, come into my life? Come, come into, into my life, life. come, come into, into my life, life. come, come into, into my life, life. Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in today, come in to stay, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word, we thank you for your love, we thank you for your spirit, and we thank you, Lord, that you do come into our lives when we invite you to. Lord, we believe that you are the son of God, that you came and lived a perfect life, that you died for the sins of the world and that you have risen from the dead so that whoever calls on you might be saved. And so, Lord, we call on your name today. If there's anyone here that needs salvation, that needs to come to know you as our Lord and Savior, I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them. Use these words like seeds to bear fruit in every heart, life, and mind here today. Use us, Lord, as instruments of your love to express it everywhere in the world, from our neighborhoods to the pensioners in Zimbabwe. We ask, Lord, for you to use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank you.